welcome to Heterotopia. This is Roman sitting in for DJ Asik. Today it is Monday, November 20th. Thank you so much for listening. This is Mutiny Radio. We are recording live here in the Mission District in San Francisco. I thought we'd start off the show with some heavy metal anti-war songs. It's often a, a genre that's for, forgotten when one thinks about anti-war songs, perhaps folks. I know for, my, for me, I immediately go to folk music and then I forget that there's bands such as Megadeth and Judas Priest who have anti-war anthems as well. And perhaps that's something we all can think about the number, the people, the number of the people, many people who are opposed to war and make it known, even in the heavy metal range. So perhaps we'll continue on with that theme. It depends. It can be a lot. I recognize that. The music can be a lot. So we might change genres throughout the show. We will see. Coming up at 4.30, um, I'll be speaking with Gary Rowland, who has been covering the J-20 trials. And for folks who, are, who don't know, um, on January 20th, thousands of people um, flocked to D.C., some are already there, um, to protest the inauguration of 45. I can't even say his name because it's so gross, and the whole administration's gross and vile and disgusting and violent and terrible, and we, we all know this. So many, many people there were protesting. Many people were also photographers and journalists uh, who were there recording uh, reporting on what was happening, and there are folks there who also were medics who were there um, in case folks were assaulted or abused by the police, which happened and happens at, at protests. And what happened is, short story, and I'll read a little bit more about this, and also as we talk about it, we'll get more details. Long story short, um, almost 200, if not around 200 people, were kettled by the police, and they were arrested. And some of these folks are facing up to 75 years in prison. Now, some of these folks happen to be journalists and medics. Uh, there are photographers there as well. And honestly, I mean, the way we look at it, some of the, the charges, they're just kind of these trumped up charges that are uh, like felonies and this idea that they were conspiring to riot. And they tie this into the fact that some windows at a Starbucks were broken and a limousine was set on fire. Now, for them to somehow think that a car being set on fire or a window being broken is somehow worse uh, than police brutality, I don't know what kind of world they're living in. However, that's it's state violence. And of course, state violence, they've got the monopoly, the state has the monopoly on violence and also what they determine as violence. Now, property destruction is just property. You can replace a window, you can replace a car, you cannot replace a person. The state doesn't seem to think so, and they want to go after people, and they also want to quell dissent. They want to silence people, and they want to make it so people feel even less inclined to go out in the streets. They feel they want to make it so folks do not have the right to free speech and the right to express themselves, especially if it's being critical of this administration. And, I mean, this could, there, there's so much to be critical of, and there's been plenty to be critical of in previous administrations as well. So I think that's also really important that we think about, that a lot of these measures, it's not just poli police brutality and repression started in 2017, 2016. It's been increasing for a very long time. So it's crucial that we talk about that as well. So we'll get to that. In the meantime, if folks would like to do some reading on this uh, situation, and also the thing is they are not allowing the press into the courtroom. Imagine that. Why wouldn't they want people to know about it? So it's really important for folks um, to be able to, yes, donate. Donations like one way you can help out. And also just to have conversations because a lot of folks are unaware of this. And so it's really crucial to get the word out, to talk to people about it, and to share this information. That's the, I think the best thing we can do is get to the point where we have a well-informed uh, population where people actually know the truth about what's happening because we do have a lot of we can't trust the mainstream media 
at all. So it's really up to the people to talk about what's happening and to inform one another. So this is from the Defend J20 Resistance page, and folks can check that out at defendj20resistance.org. And it says 230 people were mass arrested during demonstrations against 45's inauguration. The arrests were made by use of a kettle technique of individuals on the corners of L and 12th Street without orders to disperse. So again, this is, they were not given any orders to disperse. So pretty much if you happen to be there and the, at that place at that time, you were kettled and arrested. 214 of these arrestees were charged under the federal riot statute. On April 27th, multiple additional felony charges were added. The 194 remaining defendants could now face up to 75 years in prison. So here's an overview. They give an overview of the court case following the J-20 mass arrest. The prosecution's case rests on a broad interpretation of the federal riot statute, which could make a participant in a political rally guilty for any property damage that takes place during that time. A superseding indictment added additional charges of urging to riot, conspiracy to riot, individualized property damage, and for over half the group, assaulting an officer or resisting an arrest. Resisting arrest. These additional charges were given with no new group evidence or individual particulars. The DC Attorney's Office is trying to set a repressive precedent for political expression under the administration of 45 with, ugh, even saying their names makes me shiver. Uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, it is incumbent upon anyone who values dissent to stand in solidarity with the defendants in this case. This case in many ways resembles the 800 water protectors in the midst of grand jury processes in North Dakota. Those arrested during actions against Confederate statues and rulings on police violence and other resistors arrested and charged under riot statutes throughout the country. Defend J20 Resistance is a platform to support and amplify the voices of those who are working together to fight this case. At present, the motions to dismiss this case have been disregarded by the judge. And the first uh, trials um, they've started, uh, are, started are set to, for November 20th, which is today, and December 11th of this year. And they asked, uh, please join us to fight these charges. And if you are a defendant, they ask you to get in, in touch with them, and you can email them at press at defendj20resistance.net to get connected with resources for defendants. And I'll also read a little bit more. Um, they have resources for the press, as well as for the defendants, for supporters, and also points of unity. And they have a list of the legal documents, like the court filings, so you can check that out on this page as well. And again, the website is defendj20resistance.org. They have the documents pertaining to the D.C. police conduct, which is just fucked. I know there's, you know, actual, you know, legal terms for that, but incredibly violent is my interpretation of it. Uh, the pending J-20 lawsuits against the D.C. police, because they were out of control. And they also have some notable articles, uh, including... Articles from Al Jazeera, Esquire, The Nation, U.S. News and World Report, Mask Magazine, and the Wisconsin Gazette. So you can check that out as well. And they have press releases. And they also have uh, contacts at the D.C. Legal Posse. And you can connect with them as well. So this website has a lot of great resources. And also, I'm going to promote uh, It's Going Down, which has a podcast. They have a podcast as well. And they had an interview a few weeks ago with some of the defendants. And they talked about mutual aid and how folks are really stepping up and things that people can do 
in order to support the defendants. Again, getting the word out, having conversations with people, and also, if you are able to donate, they're looking to raise a total of $250,000 by December, by mid-December. And last I checked, they're a little bit over at $26,000. So if you have a few bucks you can spare, please do pass it along and or forward it to folks who may be able to help out in that area as well. There's a lot of ways to help and really, really, I think getting the word out because the more people who know about it, the more pressure they can be put on and the more support that folks can find. So again, check that out. And their fundraiser page is on fundraiser and that's F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R.com and it's J20 Resistance and it's also linked through the first webpage that I mentioned. Now they're at, I'm checking right now, they're at a little over $30,000. They're almost at $31,000. So they're 12% to the goal. Again, please help out and donate. And these are all, you know, small individual donations, contributions. They're at 431 contributions. Let's see if we can get it up to meet their goal. And it ends December 15th. So another way, if you're able, please help donate, tweet, spread the word. There's a lot of ways. I believe in diversity of tactics, a lot of ways that we can come together and share our resources, share our knowledge to to really be able to speak for the people because the people do not want this oppressive regime and folks who have been and were protesting it and or covering the protest should in no way be threatened by any means. All right. So I've said a bit. I'm going to go back into some music for a little bit, and we'll have a call in at about 4.30, so please do stay tuned. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. My name is Roman. I also host a show here Fridays from noon to 2 p.m. called The Weekly Review, so please check that out as well. It's very similar. Uh, go over news, current events, speak with community organizers, activists, reporters, and really like to provide information for the people that oftentimes we do not see in the mainstream media, as well as from a standpoint that we don't necessarily hear. So very much trying to speak to the truth and speak and give people a voice that needs to be heard. So here is a great song, which I am very fond of. And this is a Linton Quasi Johnson with fight them back. And we'll be back right after this. Fascists and the attack, we will counter attack. 
cautious on the attack We will drive them back Smash their rising Cause they ain't got nothing in them We gonna smash their rising Cause they ain't got nothing in them Some of them say them a nigga hater And some of them say them a black beater And some of them say them a black stabber And some of them say them a pocky basher Fascists on the top, nobody worry about that Fascists on the top, we will fight them back Fascists on the top, then we will counter attack Fascists on the top, then we drive them back Gonna smash their brains in Cause they ain't got nothing in them We gonna smash their brains in Cause they ain't got nothing in them Welcome back to Heterotopia. This is Roman. That was Linton Quasi Johnson with Fight Them Back. And we're going to play a little bit more music. And then we will get started uh, with the interview around 4.30. So please do stay tuned.
is the best way to achieve peace. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to Heterotopia. I'm joined now by Gary Ruland, writer, investigative journalist, and uh, organizer. Gary, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, you're welcome. 
Thanks. So I was hoping we could talk a little bit about the, uh, first of all, I'll start off with the J20 trial. And I gave a bit of a background on this before and on the show, uh, just the what led up to this. And so I was hoping we could talk a little bit about what's happening now, since especially since the press are not allowed in the courtroom. Yeah, well, uh, I did want to clarify on that. Uh, uh, there was a period of time uh, during jury selection when yeah. uh, the press was not able to go into the um, into the courtroom. Okay. Um, during that period of time, during the jury selection, it made it really difficult to kind of follow what was happening. Yeah. Um, you were allowed to go in at certain times. Uh, during that time, they didn't have an overflow courtroom, so there was a period of about maybe an hour where um, the press didn't have access to being able to hear, actually hear the um, proceedings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After that point, um, I think some reporters were able to get in, um, but most of the reporters, you know, I, I was reading the press after I got back, and most reporters are calling today the first day of trial, um, oh, okay. even though it was um, scheduled for the 15th, um, and jury selection is technically part of the trial, and a very important one of the trial, uh, part of the trial. I see. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Okay. Why do you think the, the change was, or why it was not clear? Um, it seems that there's been a um, heightened security. Um, the security guards are reporting that um, they have to wear uh, bulletproof vests underneath their shirts now wow. on Sunday. Um, there's also um, the lead detective of the case, Pemberton, is usually outside um, of the trial. Um, and um, there's been on... I believe it was last week, on the first day of the trial, on Wednesday, um, the the case is being tried by uh, Deputy Chief of Felony Crimes in, or Felony Major Crimes uh, Section of the U.S. Attorney Jennifer Kirchhoff, mm-hmm. and she um, she's the lead prosecutor, and she's being assisted by. Uh, an assistant, Mr. Qureshi, mm-hmm. and her boss, um, the chief of the major felony crime section, John Gadez, who also sat in um, for the opening arguments today, um, was present um, at the table, um, and he asked the judge to speak ex parte, which means um, uh, for one party that would exclude the defense from under- hearing what he was saying, um, what the motions were filing about an incident and a security concern he had. Um, It was a very strange way to start the trial. Um, So they're definitely, um, from speaking to activists um, and also defendants and the D.C. legal posse and, you know, press and et cetera, um, it seems that they uh, are still kind of looking for the um, violent elements of the Black Bloc that were able to escape on January 20th. Mm-hmm. I see. Interesting. Hmm. Are you still there? Oh, yes. Yes, I'm here. I'm just uh, thinking a little bit about uh, where to go next with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of it's new information, I think, for, yeah. for me, certainly, and so, for a lot of folks. So, the trial, you know, a lot of people don't, who aren't preyed upon by, um, you know, the police militarized police you know um they don't necessarily haven't gone through a trial process you know and understand all of the things that are going on 
um, from the motions hearings where a lot of the information can be gained and et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, right now, um, there is a motion to suppress that's out there. I believe the Intercept reported on it for Alexi Wood um, in his live stream. Um, today, the judge um, had originally said she was going to rule that it was a co-conspirator statement and that it could be admissible that way. Um, but uh, Kirkhoff, um, the prosecutor, Prosecutor Kirkhoff, um, she decided that she um, was going, wanted to um, make, clarify her argument that what she was saying was it was a present sense impression, um, such as a woohoo or cheering. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why the evidence should be admitted into the court. Um, the um, today, the judge finally did view the Alexi Wood video. Yes. Um, and um, she said um, that she understood um, why the uh, prosecutor was arguing it was a present sense impression and was ready to do that. And then the, um, the defense attorneys rose uh, an objection and had a listing of them through their objections um, by, by the... Um, by lunchtime. Um, so a trial is dynamic um, in that there's a whole set of hearings going on when the jury isn't there, um, deciding what sort of evidence can be considered and et cetera. Mm -hmm. And in those, there's, you know, there's, there's um, jokes and sometimes. Kirkhoff yeah. uh, mentioned today, she made, cracked a joke in her opening about how black could be quite swimming. Um, and that this wasn't a case about people just wearing black, um, which is kind of obscene. Yeah. Um, but uh, a little bit of gallows humor. Um, and all, one of the attorneys, um, an attorney for Miss uh, Armento, Miss Wellitz, Miss um, Carrie Wellitz, uh, she's really uh, been an effective arguer today. Um, and she also cracked a joke. Um, in there that was a little bit more well-received. Um, as to opening argument to go, Ms. Kirkhoff was, you know, a little bit flat, if I could say. Yeah. I, um, I was in there and I could see from the, per or I couldn't see from the perspective of a juror, but as you could in the gallery. <coughs> and from what I saw from Ms. Kirkhoff today, um, a lot, she looked angry, um, she looked pensive, um, not very open, warming to the jury. Um, all of the defendants, um, it's quite a, almost surreal um, view because you have um, 15 jurors now. One juror um, was um, dismissed today, um, a woman, um, I'm, I'm not going to say any more on that. Yeah. Uh, a juror was dismissed, um, so there's now the 12 jurors and three um, alternates. I see. Um, sitting in the jury box. And in the middle, there are uh, <clears throat> the two defense, uh, the two prosecutors um, sitting at this big table that, um, you know, um, is not anywhere near full. And then um, across the courtroom is the defense, um, which consists of the six defendants and I believe I counted nine attorneys today. Um, I'd have to find it in my notes um, to confirm that. Mm. Wow. I see. Are you there, Rowan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. I'm doing a lot of uh, just listening and thinking about thinking about this. Mm -hmm. So apologies for. 
Uh, yeah, I, oh goodness. So what, I mean, what do you think will happen next with the case or with the trial? Um, so now that the prosecution has started their case, they're going to present their case. Yeah. And actually I, I, uh, I, this case is going a little bit quicker than I thought. Yeah. Um, I had, I, I had imagined with um, so many attorneys sitting around the defense table that um, there would be a lot of objections and wanting to get on the record on some of these rulings. Yes. Um, however, that's not, they've been pretty, they've been moving at a pretty good clip. Mm-hmm. Um, on um, Thursday of last week, um, I was actually kind of surprised because I left um, maybe an hour before I go and file um, an article. And I, uh, I, uh, I didn't think they would be done, yeah. um, but by the time we came back from lunch um, at 2.15, the uh, jury was sat. Huh. Um, and so um, the jury seems, um, you know, they're, they're definitely aware that this is a case that has a lot of eyes on it. Yes. Um, in fact, um, Judge Kirkhoff on the first day of trial um, had a necklace on, a black necklace over her robe. Um, and um, today, um, Judge, er, sorry, it's not Judge Kirkhoff, it's Judge Leibovitz. Um, Judge Leibovitz has a sign on her, um, on her bench uh-huh. um, with her name on it. Yeah. Um, so she, they seem to be, you know, um, aware that there's a lot of attention on uh, this case. I see. Um, yeah. Hmm. So for your question, what's going to happen next is um, tomorrow is Tuesday. Um, They'll probably go as long as they reasonably feel um, is good um, with the prosecution's case. Um, The prosecution has said that they want to publish 30 videos to the the, uh, jury um, admitted into evidence and then also hear testimony from 40 witnesses we had two witnesses today yes um the first was a manager of the albon pan mm-hmm. um or as uh prosecutor kirkhoff says uh abp uh-huh. um they um he reported on the property destruction that had occurred there um and it was an interesting moment um it seemed um he the 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 it was an interesting choice for the first witness in a case because um, it's you know it's the first thing you're showing the jury, um, and so normally you want to really have someone who comes across as like very trustworthy and etc. Yes. Um, and instead, um, Mr. Lapp um, seemed evasive at moments mm-hmm. um, in his testimony. Um, especially when asked um, about if he had ever seen any other protesters in black. Um, There was also quite a bit of objections. Um, The prosecution had wanted to include um, five, uh, sorry, uh, opinions, uh, or what would be considered an expert opinion by the witness, um, regarding uh, what protest behavior is like, um, based on the fact that he didn't want to park his car on the street and put it in a parking garage. Yes. so it was a it was a very interesting moment um, in that witness's testimony. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'd also imagine for the witnesses. Also, I'm wondering how much they're able to speak if they're actually grilled about their own political affiliation or their own ideology, and how much that comes into the case as well. 
Right. He definitely seemed like he was one who, you know, wanted to, um, you know, he, he felt personally, he used languages such as my restaurant um, and stuff like this. He's the general manager of um, ABP, mm-hmm. as he put it. Um, and so he felt very, it sounded possessive of it. Um, and it felt like he took it as this uh, political uh, speech as a, um, in the destruction of the emblem of gentrification as a personal slight to him and his work and what uh-huh. he was doing. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting um, moment in the cross-examination, especially because um, Carrie Wellitz, again, for um, Ms. Armento, um, clarified with the defendant that um, he actually was committing a misdemeanor in the evidence that was put into record today. Um, the driver, he was driving um, and not using a handheld device to record a video of the black block to post about... I'm not sure what if he ever posted it or et cetera. Um, but um, so it was an interesting moment, you know. Um, it didn't seem like uh, the jurors were quite um, on the prosecution side yet. Okay, well, that's good. <sighs> yeah, I, I mean, the whole thing just, uh, it seems... I don't really have the language for it, and perhaps that might explain my my pauses and my silence. It's a lot of it, like taking in the information, and also the fact that this is even happening in the first place is just feels terrifying, to be honest. And I'm surprised. I mean, I get that like not a lot of people know about this, and yeah. also at the same time, for people to know about this and to not feel enraged and angry about it, I feel like it's everyone's duty to know about this. Yeah, well, it's definitely an attack on the First Amendment in multiple ways. In yeah. um, one, it's uh, an attack on free association. Um, people who went on the march, you know, some of them um, weren't, did not commit property violence. Right. Um, did not, um, some of them left, some of them didn't. And the prosecution is alleging that because people didn't leave, that and they freely associated with people whose politics were more radical than theirs and whose politics, um, you know, presented a justification for the violent actors to act the way they did. I think of Martin Luther King when he says uh, the riot is the, um, the speech of the unheard. Yes. Um, that the free association of people who went there to be medics. Um, maybe the most shocking thing in the whole trial today was when Kirk, uh, Judge Kirkhoff, or Prosecutor Kirkhoff came out and said that none of the defendants who were there in the trial, that the government was alleging they had done anything violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a trial. Yeah. Um, and the prosecutor is saying none of these people did violent any violence, but by the fact they were there and they didn't leave, um, we're going to attack you know free association Ugh. and the First Amendment to say you know hey. If you associate with people who do violence, then you're violent. Yeah. Um, so wouldn't that also... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, what were you going to ask? I was going to say, by that logic, wouldn't all the cops be violent, since they're all associating with one another and they are an extremely violent group? You know, going into a courtroom is um, becoming more and more Kafkaesque in the United States, because you have to kind of suspend your disbelief yeah. um, in how and where the level is at. 
Um, I don't, it's my, my, um, I can't, my observation, um, um, is that, you know, if we look at the rise of cop shows and et cetera, um, there is a strong pro police bias in this country. Yep. Um, and it's, it's, it's remarkable. Um, I, I didn't believe that it would happen until I had the experience of doing a focus group with a jury and hearing or a, pretend, a focus group for a trial with a, like what would be a jury in hearing how stiff the resistance to believing that the police would want to would do something wrong is. And that's not how it was. You know, if you look back in the 70s and et cetera, like there was a strong, you know, um, you know, I forget the, is it the 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 movie about the cop in the, uh, in uh, Brooklyn um, who stands up for you know the right um, and goes against corrupt cops. Yeah. You know, like it's interesting how that um, the idea of a few it's just a few bad apples and et cetera, which can really be you know in one way we we can say that it's a fraternal order of police and police unions and. Um, you know, the Sheriff's Association, which, you know, the Sheriff's Association is the one who created the national messaging platform to attack DAPL protesters. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all documented in Unicorn Riot's new video, um, Black Snake Killers, which they've released on the internet for free. You can go to Mm unicornriot.ninja and uh, watch it there. And it's all front line from the time they got there in April 1st when they established the camp to uh, the eviction. Um, and it's an amazing film that tells it from that perspective and you actually see, you know, how the police um, dismantled that movement. Yeah. Sorry, I got off on the track. Oh, no, I mean, it's all, it's all related and it's all connected. Mm-hmm. So the Sheriff's Association, which in that film, um, and there's more and more work being revealed about their role and sort of pushing these right-wing Trumpian policies. And, you know, the, the detective, um, Detective Pemberton, is actually the uh, treasurer of the Fraternal Order of Police in D.C. Hmm. Uh, what so that's a coincidence. What I, hear. Um, I, I haven't confirmed that, but I've heard that from other journalists. Yes. Um, it's interesting to see how... Um, this and this is the thing that people really need to listen about. Why this case? Um, why I, I myself live in Boulder, Colorado, but I'm I'm going to be going to the trial um, to observe and to write for the Independent um, in New York City. Um, is that um, if these this can misdemeanor conspiracy conviction is held and a Pinkerton liability can be um, and a Pinkerton liability is not anything to do with the Pinkertons who are, the, you know, the, the, the violent arm of um, the elite capital um, in this country. It has to do with a case that um, in the 40s, I believe, in, in front of the Supreme Court, where a conspiracy um, went ahead and it was ruled that if a conspiracy starts on one thing and ends at another, because the original conspiracy, as long as that uh, the the crime was committed in the furtherance of that conspiracy, um, so I think the thing was there were some people who were doing tax evasion, and so they had had the scheme. These two brothers, and one brother went further with it, yes, um, and the other brother didn't really know, and they 
they ruled that the other brother who really didn't know had a Pinkerton liability because he engaged in this criminal conspiracy for this lesser crime. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was therefore responsible for the greater crime. So in this case, they're using the conspiracy charge, um, the misdemeanor, um, the conspiracy to riot, um, to say that um, because people were there as medics or there as protesters or yeah. decided to freely associate with people who have more radical politics, um, that they had um, engaged in the criminal conspiracy. Um, and I should clarify this. The criminal conspiracy, uh, according to Kroff, and this is important for organizers to hear, mm -hmm. was when uh, the website Disrupt J20, yes. disrupt meaning disrupt public conveyances, which is therefore a misdemeanor in a criminal conspiracy. Uh. Um, so everybody who went to that website, et cetera, were part of that criminal conspiracy. Right. And then it was only further towards violence when um, some of the more radical elements of there decided to dress in black. Yeah. Um, and that all, everybody who dressed in black knew that this meant that there would be violence. Ugh. Ugh. And again, I think it's also important to talk about what people define as violence, because for a lot of us, we don't equate property destruction with violence. And a lot of us think of violence as something that one person does to another person. Or for, for instance, uh, poverty, that in itself is violence. War is violence. Yet the idea of smashing a window, some folks would not necessarily equate with, with, with what they're calling violence. And that's, you know, that's definitely a um, element of it, um, you know, and I would say, like, you know, we're, we're, the disproportionate use of violence in that situation was, you know, not with the protesters, um, the, 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 or even if there was indeed a riot there, um, five or more actors engaging in property destruction together, yeah. um, that far was far less than the what the police did three hundred thousand dollars worth of stinger and etc that the dc police bought in advance of it yes and although they did not deploy all of those they deployed a heavy amount of them in specific units yes um and watching the the stinger grenades go off in the prosecution's video videos today was you know um probably um you know it's a loud noise um the person who it goes off by falls over. Yes. Um, you see the violence that's being per per perpetrated, even though the, the, the prosecution um, tends to focus on the violence um, being perpetrated by people. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious as rather to... Rather than the police. Yeah, and I'm curious as to what the jury's reaction is to that, just to watch that. Um, you know, um, unfortunately, jury is not like a game show. Yeah. So juries aren't, you know, you don't collect the votes every day and say, right. oh, where are we? And, right, um, right. So people can follow along. And in fact, um, the uh, prosecution, um, in, from what we've heard from Mr. Gadez, the, they're very worried about the intimidation witnesses or the prosecutor or, or uh, the jury. Yeah. Um, so the jury, you know, are hopefully they're in their black wall, mm -hmm. uh, black ball, you know, in in their room, not listening or not hearing about this case or et cetera, um, et cetera. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine being in that position. I mean, I already, uh, yeah, even to put myself in there just would be heartbreaking. And then also just knowing how much misinformation is out there. So even for the folks up until this point, 
you know, I feel like the, the average citizen does not get accurate information as to what's happening. So I imagine even more so based on the fact that the police, as you mentioned earlier in this country, are meant to be seen as saviors and meant to not be questioned um, regardless of what they do and are often not held accountable for the violence that they perpetrate. And that's been a long history, you know, yeah. um, dating back to, you know, before Sand Creek, before, you know, um, much of American history is written by posses or gangs of white men with guns yes. um, doing what they wished. Yes. Yes. So I think all the more reason to to tell the story about what actually is happening and to allow people to have a chance to speak their own truths about it. Yeah. And, you know, this is what um, we should really understand is that, you know, although for a lot of people, um, you know, who who have privilege in their life Mm -hmm. um, and who aren't preyed and don't come from a community that's preyed upon by the uh, police. Yes. um, You know, um, understanding, you know, that, you know, this is, you know, I forget how many prisoners are in the United States right now um, tied up in the criminal justice system. Yeah. And so many of them don't even have trials. Right, right. For these defendants to decide to go to trial is actually out of the rare. I think 97% of federal indictments end up in a plea deal of some sort. Wow. Um, and for 191 people with 234 arrested to decide to take it to trial and and use their constitutional right and not play into everyone's desire for expediency and to mitigate the dance that's done in these altercations with the law, yeah. um, often induced by the law, um, that um, the toll it takes. Um, I was listening to uh, Elizabeth Legest, um, who was speaking before the press conf or before the trial began last yes. Monday at the press conference organized by DC Legal Posse, and who has written an editorial in the New York Times, definitely worth reading. Elizabeth Legest. Um, she was saying how just this process has been tough. On like she was arrested with her fiance, and just this process mm-hmm. of going through. Um, the trial is stressful and uncertainty um, and et cetera. And definitely the legal system is stacked to play on that with defendants. So defendants without, without means yes. um, can't go to trial, have to plead out and have to sacrifice years of their life and be preyed upon by this, by the police um, for expedience. Yes. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. I was reading about, there's a, a new app called Appalition, which donates uh, a certain amount of from transactions uh, to uh, go to folks' uh, bail bonds or for bails. And uh, they were saying that 70% of the people in jail right now are there because they can't afford to pay their bail. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's obscene. Yeah. If we are serious about reforming the criminal justice system or serious about envisioning a society that doesn't have to rely on coercive laws, um, laws enforced by violence or imprisonment. Um, this is really um, a moment and a case to follow. Yes. Um, just because so much is at stake. Right. Um, for the Trump administration, um, a victory like this would just give them free license to dismantle the social movements that have flowered in the last decade. Yes. 
um, from Occupy Wall Street um, to Black Lives Matter to the indigenous resistance, which has always been there. Yes. <laughs> it's, um, I'm sure um, some of your listeners might have heard about the Bureau's memo, memo about the seven persistent, or I think it was seven, the persistent ideologies that lead to violence. And they neglected to mention in that um, any sort of indigenous resistance, which has been there since the very beginning. Yes. Um, you know, another sort of like willful Kafka-esque not seeing. Um, and, you know, going into courts and these, what, as a Buddhist, I would um, refer to as a hell realm, um, that is the criminal justice system in this country is heart-wrenching and makes one suffer to be there. Um, and so it's important for people who have the privilege of not having to be in those sorts of venues, who don't have to go there for family members, who don't, when they're planning Thanksgiving, have to figure out, you know, when they can go visit their brother in jail um, to say hello, um, et cetera, that, these, uh, those people really pay attention to cases like this, which are really important in the precedents they set um, and for what they represent, which is a continued attack upon the First Amendment in the way of the Free Assembly, the arresting of journalists Aaron Cantu and Alexi Wood, and the, um, the attack on the right to protest. Yes. Prosecutor Kirchhoff, in her opening argument, didn't refer to um, the people as a protester. They, she called them a sea of blacks, a black block, hmm. a group, anything to avoid saying that the defendants were protesters. Yeah. Until finally, towards the end of her opening, which she had said would be 30 to 40 minutes, but almost tediously drifted off into an hour and 15 minutes. Um, she said she got caught up in her own thought and started to talk about the dress of the of the rioters, the alleged rioters, yeah. and instead started to refer to them as protesters. Um, and then had that moment of, oh, crap, I just did what I'm not supposed to do, and switched back. Yes. Um, it's quite Kafka. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, so many things right now just seem so backwards and ridiculous, and it's difficult to even to find the language again to find the language to describe it or to even communicate it because it seems so absurd. So earlier, well, uh, we're trying. Oh yes, yes, yeah, that's very important. Um, so earlier you were talking about the, the video on uh, Unicorn Riot, and I wanted to offer you the time to talk a little bit more about that as well with, uh, with the pipeline. Yeah, um, so Unicorn Riot. Um, so uh, in the context of the case, one of the really important things that uh, this is about is the First Amendment um, and the freedom of the press. Um, not only because... Um, uh, so, um, how to frame this? Um, when I was in journalism school at the University of Missouri back in 1997. Um, in order to get in your sophomore year into the journalism school, you had to write a paper um, about and take J200. And it was kind of like your introductory, et cetera. 
And I started to write this paper about the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which had happened like the year before and the impacts that it had happened. And prior to, in 1990, prior to the Telecommunications Act of 1996 by Bill Clinton, um, which was pretty much has put the, um, the ability of the press to be a government watchdog or uh, do any sort of accountability for the government on sort of a death spiral. Um, when that happened, what happened was that the ownership, um, it was to make, you know, market more efficient. Like Bill Clinton wanted to do, you know, his wife was on the board of Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was decided that, um, you know, you could own basically as many channels as you wanted. Yes. Um, rather than what before is that you could only own four channels nationwide or four media outlets nationwide and no no more than one per market. Yes. Um, and instead, these rules were relaxed. And in that space of a year, we saw a handful, less than 10, mm-hmm. companies take over the entire um, American journalism infrastructure, basically. Um, and since then has been layoffs. Yes. Um, there's a alarm stat that was put out in 2011 before, you know, what we hear about with Gothamist and DCist and all of these different um, uh, things that are shut down, um, that there's less journalists working now than before Watergate. Wow. And yet there's a ton of more people since 1970. Right, right. So what's really gotten the hack and what costs the most for newsrooms to do is actually the uh, the government accountability um, um piece and that's um and you know as we know when seven you know multinational corporations own most of the media the decisions are on bottom lines right and the decisions are not on um writing things that could potentially hurt corporate bottom lines but on things that pass as entertainment yes so we've kind of had our journalism turned water down and turned into entertainment yes um so that it can be easily digestible in sound bites. And the result of that is um, a lessening of accountability journalism. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the most important things and the things that are really important are radio stations. I believe y'all, Mutiny Radio San Francisco, are a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, as is uh, Unicorn Riot, as is the independent who I'm uh, reporting for. Um, uh, for people who, um, you know, so the nonprofit um, journalism is a place that has a long history. Um, even the Associated Press is a nonprofit. Um, Consumer Reports is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, so nonprofit journalism is not a new concept for the United States. The new concept is that now it has to take on the full burden of accountability journalism and keeping the government accountable for what it does um, and showing overreach. Um, so that um, sort of cutout has made it really important for groups such as Unicorn Riot, um, et cetera, The Intercept, another one. Um, I don't believe The Guardian is a nonprofit, um, but I know that they can collect donations, except they do collect donations. Um, and so um, these nonprofit platforms are becoming more and more important. And so um, Unicorn Riot has existed as an autonomous um, collective 
of media producers, etc., um, for I believe two and a half years, and they have put together a um, called um, "Black Snake Killers: A No Dapple Story," mm-hmm. and this uh, this video or this movie, which is two hours long, um, and uh, is filled of frontline footage from when uh, Unicorn Riot was embedded. Um, because a nonprofit, generally the the journalists tend to kind of do it for passion rather than actual um, financial payoff because no one could actually pay for what this costs right. um, at this point. Um, they uh, they embed themselves, and so uh, Unicorn Riot went out in April, um, and I believe they came back either May or June. Uh, they didn't stay in April. But they were there for most of the important times of the camp. And so especially today um, when Nebraska has ruled, the PSC in Nebraska has ruled to approve the permit for the Keystone XL, um, and opening what could be widespread resistance again. Um, at least that's what the fraternal or the sheriff's, uh, the sheriff's um, association, the National Sheriff's Association and mercenaries like Tiger Swan and et cetera that The Intercept has been reporting on um, are probably hoping and um, telling their oil clients um, that there will be widespread demonstrations and in need of a militarized response, um, that it's really important to go back and learn from mistakes made in past campaigns. Um, and one thing that I heard, I was fortunate enough to be in Minneapolis last Friday when the movie was released to a theater full of people um, by Unicorn Riot. And the thing I heard again and again from a lot of people who were actually in the movie and were water protectors um, was not a feeling of defeat, but a gratefulness for being able to see what had happened in their movement. Yes. um, And to to be rejuvenated to carry on the fight. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it's very important to to have that. So you can check that out at unicornriot.ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Snake Killers is the name of the film. Great, thank you very much for sharing that. I mean, I feel like there's always been so much happening that sometimes it feels difficult to, A, be aware of everything that's happening, and then B, have the, the wherewithal to then find how to share the information, to be aware of it, to engage in it if possible, and I know a lot of folks, and also there's the, the burnout that I feel like a lot of activists and organizers feel as well. And I think it's important to be able to have that time to be able to reflect and be able to go back in after one is, is able to rest if possible. It almost felt like a debrief um, on uh, last Friday, um, being there in the theater and having the question and answer um, in fact, one of the most glowing moments of the night was when this dog scout who appears in the movie, mm-hmm. who everyone at uh, No Dapples supposedly knows, I wasn't there. Um, he um, he came up on stage, um, and the whole uh, uh, audience started to applaud and oh. cheer oh. for the dog. Sweet, that's very sweet. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so is there anything else you would like to share? And it can be also going back to Occupy or anything else that you've worked on um, that you'd like to, to speak about? Um, not really. Just uh, check out the independent um, 
That's I believe that's the independent.org, T H I N D Y P E N D E N T dot org. It's um, a newspaper with thirty thousand uh, population of thirty to forty thousand in New York City. Um, that came from the um, the alter globalization movement, and um, you can check out their website um, that they've had for a little bit now, and keep supporting independent media. Great. These are independent media is um, as the state criminalizes um, reporters or people. Um, one of I think one of the most outrageous things I hear, heard today um, is uh, the prosecutor alleged that Alexi Woods um, freelance photographer press pass was forged um, was fake wow um, wow and as we know like um, you know more and more of journalism is being performed by freelancers and people and performed by people like Unicorn Riot who were described by Cal Kirchmeier the North Morton County North Dakota Sheriff as being protesters and uh, Miss uh Miss Miss Kirkhoff today alleged that um, Alexi Wood was the PR wing um, for the protest for the conspiracy. Wow! Um, wow. This attack um, on the First Amendment in the modes of free speech, free association, and the ability to protest and assemble to, for a redress of grievances is um, is quite um, brazen, um, quite um, bold. Um, but, you know, given the history of brazen and bold in this country, yeah. um, and sometimes that works, um, we should all be fearful and we should all be paying attention. Yes. Um, and we should all, you know, provide the support um, that the prosecution, that the defense needs um, in order to resist the prosecution. Right. Right. Well, um, I'll definitely go over the, the links again for folks to check out, to be able to donate and also spread the word. Um, thank you very much for, for calling in and for providing so much important information that I think a lot of us would not be able to find uh, elsewhere. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks again. And um, You're welcome, Roman. Have a great, great. night. Thank you. Good you night. too, Gary. Mission District, San Francisco. Oh, thank you. And so folks can follow Gary on Twitter at, at NYC Camp. So, again, uh, it's at NYC Camp. Thanks again, Gary, so much for calling in. And we're going to take a bit of a music break, and we'll be back with a little bit more news afterwards. So please do stay tuned. Thank you.
Without a choice at all Giving a vote without a voice at all These be the problems that we face I'm talking poverty and race But no matter what the case we got You would mention the word freedom. Got people screaming free will be your Jamal. But two out of three of y'all will probably be at the mall. I'm heated with y'all. The defeated will fall. Incomplete and unsolved when the word freedom's involved. Yo, my forefathers hung in trees to be free. Rest in peace. Got rid of slavery but still kept the penitentiary. And now freedom got a shotgun and shells with your name. Release the hot ones and let freedom ring. I'm a prisoner, Hollywood visitor. Dance for cats segregated on wax. My color got me handy. Cap, anus, and Andy for the freedom they just won't hand me. Snakes, land of the thief, 
home of the slave. Grand Imperial Guard, where the dollar is sacred and proud. Let's do the real, come on now. Smoking mirrors, stripes, and stars. Stolen for the cross in the name of God. Bloodshed, genocide, rape, and fraud. Written to the pages of the law, good law. The cold continent, latchkey child. Ran away one day and started acting foul. King of where the wild things are, daddy's proud. Cause the Roman Empire done passed it down. Imported and tortured a workforce and never healed the wounds or shook the curse off. Now the grown-up Goliath nation holding open auditions for the part of David. Can you feel? Nothing can save you. You question the rain, you get rushed in and chained up. Fist raised, but I must be insane. Cause I can't figure single, single damn way to change. Welcome to the United States. Land of the thief, home of the slave. The grand imperial. Where the dollar is sacred and power is God. Welcome to the United States, land of the thief, home of the slave. The grand imperial guard, where the dollar is sacred and power is God. All must bow to the fat and lazy. The f obey me, and why do they hate me? Who me? Only two generations away from the world's most despicable slavery trade. Pioneered so many ways to degrade a human being that it can't be changed to this day. Legacy so ingrained in the way that we think we no longer need chains to be slaves. Lord, it's a shameful display. The overseers even got raped along the way. Cause the children can't escape from the pain. And they born with the poisonous hatred in their veins. Try and separate a man from his soul. You only strengthen him and lose your own. But shoot that if you walk near the throne. Remind him that this is my home. Now I'm gone. Welcome to the United States. Land of the thief, home of the slave. Grand Imperial Guard, where the dollar is sacred, power is God. Welcome to the United States, land of the thief, home of the slave. The Grand Imperial Guard, where the dollar is sacred. Hold on, give me one right here, hold on. You don't give money to the bums, on the corner with a sign bleeding from their gums. Talking about you don't support a crackhead. What you think happens to the money from your taxes? The government's the addict. With a billion dollar a week, kill brown people habit. And even if you ain't on the front line, when master yell crunch time, you right back at it. Man, look at how you hustling backwards. At the end of the year, add up what they subtracted. Three out of 12 months, your salary pay for that madness. Man, that's a sadness. What's left? Get a big ass plasma to see where they made Dan rather point the damn camera. Only approved questions get answered. Now stand your ass up for that national anthem. Welcome to the United States, land of the thief, home of the slave. The Grand Imperial Guard, where the dollar is sacred and power is God. Welcome to the United States, land of the thief, home of the slave. Grand Imperial Guard, where the dollar is sacred and power is God.
welcome back to heterotopia that was brother ali with uncle sam goddamn and apologies because that was a uh, censored track usually we don't play censored music here at mutiny radio that was the the version that we had and before that we heard drastic five with freedom and before that patty smith with people have the power thanks again to gary Rowland for calling in and you can follow gary at twitter on twitter at at nyc camp and gary has also written uh, for many publications including occupy.com so thank you again so much for providing that information and that's so much of how it has to happen is folks sharing that information and you know we spread the word to one another since we cannot depend on the mainstream media to do it or to report the truth or to report what's happening so again much thank you to all the folks out there the journalists and reporters uh photographers folks out there who are actually reporting on what's happening i have much much gratitude for you so thank you so much so today is November 20th and also happens to be the Transgender Day of Remembrance. And for us trans folks, I can only speak for myself, it brings up a lot. And there are hundreds of trans folks who have been murdered so far this year. There are reports that this year there's an increase in violence, and some say this is due to... There's definitely the increase in hate crime attacks that have happened in this country, and also with visibility. And also with... Um, I agree with the idea that now that not that there's there still is homophobic and there still are attacks against gay folks and now that gay folks have become more widely accepted uh, folks are going after trans folks because they need some people need a bully be, they need to be a bully they need to be a bully they need folks to oppress and trans folks are folks that fit that script at the moment even though there has been a lot of increases in Things have gotten better in some regards for some folks, and there's also still a lot of violence. So overall, it's, again, I'm having difficulty with language today, where how do you find, I have a lot of feelings, and it's a radio show, so I recognize, uh, you can't see me here putting my hand on my heart and feeling just (sighs) heartbroken a lot of the time for a lot of trans folks I know, some who have taken their own lives, there are folks who have been murdered, and there are folks who are living in poverty and folks who face violence every day, folks where leaving the house is frightening. So oftentimes on TDOR, as it's called, you know, they have memorial services and there's also the idea that on the flip side to have the Trans Day of Resilience and to have Trans Day of Visibility and to have ways to celebrate and be there for for trans folks who are here. So I'm going to go over a few ways that folks can help uh, right now. And one, there's a lot of different organizations that folks can donate to and spread the word to. And one is to the Trans Assistance Project. And folks can find that at transassistance.org. And TAP, as it's known, is a national trans-led organization that gives money to and advocates on behalf of trans folks attempting to navigate legal and bureaucratic systems. By listening to and trusting trans people, we allow them to self-determine their own path to care. And you can become a donor, and you can also become a recipient if you go to the page. That's, again, transassistance.org. And you can also volunteer with them as well. And as of May 2017, they have given out over $38,000 to trans folks, and they're just getting started. So again, it's for medical care and for legal help, it can be very expensive. So again, check out transassistance.org. And thank you to the folks who started this. Um, And they've also had a partnership, a recent partnership with another amazing organization. And... And that's uh, Trans Lifeline. And Trans Lifeline is an organization that 
is provides um, free service, uh, phone service for uh, folks who are feeling uh, some suicidal ideation. So if you'd like to donate to Trans Lifeline, you can do so as well. And one really great thing about Trans Lifeline is that they employ trans folks. So it's trans folks helping trans folks. And for a lot of us, if you haven't experienced it, it's a kind of difficult thing to, to talk about. And so this is an organization, oops, excuse me, that really helps uh, give back to the community in many ways. And they've also noted that in, you know, in the recent, in the past year or so, their calls have increased a lot. There's been an increase, I think, due to some of the, the hideous bathroom bills and an increase in bullying and hate crime attacks as well. Uh, as well, there's also just the, for a while, there's the idea that trans folks would get kicked out of the military. And there's a very high rate of trans folks who are veterans and are in the military. So if you'd like to go to trans, to help out Trans Lifeline, you can do so at translifeline.org. And you can call them in the U.S. at 877-565-8860. Again, in the U.S., it's 877-565-8860. If you're in Canada, you can call them at 877-330-6366. Again, in Canada, it's 877-330-6366. And the operators are available 18 hours of every day of the week, um, Pacific time, 8 a.m. to 2 a.m., Mountain time, 9 a.m. to 3 a.m., Central time, 10 a.m. to 4 a.m., and Eastern time, 11 a.m. to 5 a.m. And volunteer operators may be available during off hours as well. And you can get involved. If you go to the website, uh, you can subscribe to the email and get more information. And I've, I've met the founders of, of this organization and they're incredible people and so grateful. And it's such important work that they're doing. So if you, if you need help and or need folks who do, um, please do check out Trans Lifeline. And again, you can check them out at translifeline.org, and that provides some of the information that I just uh, said. And you can also donate to them as well, because it's generous contributions from the community that keep Trans Lifeline running. So thank you so much. There's also um, there's Black and Pink, which is an organization that um, helps uh, folks who are incarcerated, LGBTQ folks, and provides pen pal information so you can write to folks who are incarcerated. There's a lot of trans folks who are incarcerated. And another organization is called transprisoners.net. And in January, January 22nd, happens to be the Trans Prisoner Day of Action and Solidarity. And they have more information on their website if you check that out as well. Um, you can host an event. You can write to prisoners. And um, you can link prisoners to this project and many ways to get active. And they're, they're based out of uh, Sacramento. So again, you can check that out at transprisoners.net. Oh, so for all the folks listening, thank you so much for listening. Sending a lot of love out there. There's a lot of love in the world. And sometimes it feels easy to forget because there's so much that feels wrong, especially the systems that are in place and people in positions of power that tend to harm folks and f- and the earth and the animals and there's just so much sometimes that it feels like it's a bit too much so wanting for all the folks listening just to provide some love uh, unconditional love for all of you out there probably going to wrap up the show in about 10 15 20 minutes throwing out some numbers here coming up next will be the joke workshop at 6 p.m you're listening to mutiny radio if you're interested in having a show here at mutiny radio please do get in touch with us you can check out mutinyradio.fm there's a lot of slots available on thursdays 
Um, you can rent out the space, get trained, and before you know it, you'll have your own show. It's completely uncensored, and you can do any kind of show you'd like. We feature programs here every day of the week. There's comedy, there's music, there's news, informational, talk shows, everything. So many, so many great shows here at the station. So we do encourage you to check out our website to look at the schedule and find other great shows to listen to. Um, I host a show here Fridays, as I mentioned before, called The Weekly Review from noon to 2 p.m. And you can check out the archives as well at mutinyradio.fm. Next year will be in March, will be the third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. So folks should definitely check out that as well. Whew, I've said quite a bit. And so now I'm going to leave you with some music and perhaps I'll check in again before the end of the show. If not, um, have a wonderful week, everyone. Do something kind for yourself and for others and for the planet. And also, please do get out the word. Again, I'm going to provide some information about J20 so folks can spread the word. If you go to, um, I'm on the fundraiser page at the moment. So again, that's fundraiser.com uh, slash J20 resistance. And I am going to go to the other website, and that's defendj20resistance.org. Again, that's defendj20resistance.org. You can get the latest updates. You can sign petitions. You can donate to the legal fund. And you can also pass around the information online and to others. It's really important to have conversations with people if you feel, uh, if you're in the place, just definitely bring it up. Because um, a lot of folks do not know about this. And the more people who know about it, the more support we can offer the defendants. So again, just check out defendj20resistance.org. Thank you again so much for Gary Rowland for calling in and providing us with some information about the case. And thank you for listening. And we'll be back uh, next Monday. So stay tuned to Mutiny Radio. Don't you know Talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know Talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time Take what's there 
When you pass through the fire, you pass through humble, you pass through a maze of self-doubt. When you pass through humble, the lights can blind you, some people never figure that out. You pass through arrogance, you pass through hurt, you pass through an ever-present past. And it's best not to wait for luck to save you, pass through the fire to the light. Through the fire to the light It's best not to wait For luck to save you Pass through the fire to the light As you pass through the fire Your right hand waving There are things you have to throw out that caustic dread inside your head will never help you out. You have to be very strong, cause you'll start from zero over and over again. And as the smoke clears, there's an all-consuming fire lying straight ahead. Lying straight ahead. Lying straight ahead. There's an all-consuming fire Lying straight ahead They say no one person can do it all But you want to in your head But you can't be Shakespeare And you can't be Joyce So what? Is left instead You're stuck with yourself And a rage that can hurt you You have to start at the beginning again And just this moment This wonderful fire Started up again
you pass through fire, as you pass through fire, try to remember its name. When you pass through fire, looking at your lips, you cannot remain the same. And if the buildings burn, move towards that door, but don't put the flames out. There's a bit of magic in everything, and then some loss to even things out. Some loss to even things out. Some loss to even things out. There's a bit of magic in everything, and then some loss to even things out. Black masses, evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning, as the war machine keeps turning. 
death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds world stops turning ashes where the body's burning no more war pigs of the power and as God has struck the hour day of judgment God is calling underneath the war pigs crawling Mercies for the sins Satan laughing spreads his wings
through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitable. But if you can't make it to me anyway, well, don't even worry, no friend at all. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Talking about a revolution sounds Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck or the rare earth The revolution will not be televised The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning or white people You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank or the giant in your toilet bowl The revolution will not go better with coke The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath The revolution will put you in the driver's seat the revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patch? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship 
as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. If you're looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorneyfjs.com. Again, the law office of Francis J. Shaheda in San Francisco. Do you need an 
awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck on the rare earth. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in 